Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nam, and I'm joined today by one of our high school students, Mr. Austin Lean. Austin is looking to uh, see what the pastoral ministry is all about, so he's been shadowing Pastor Radical and myself a couple times the last few weeks, and he agreed to come and join us today, and he's going to lead us in some devotional thoughts. How are you doing today, Austin? Pretty good, and yourself? Doing very well. It's good to have you here, and I uh, hope you uh, get a good impression of what the ministry is, and we certainly need a lot of pastors in our, our synod right now, so blessings on your uh, continued education as you seek towards that goal. So what uh, what uh, scripture did you have in mind today for our, our study? So I chose Matthew 4.4. 4. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from God's mouth. Uh, this verse was taken when Jesus was tempted in the desert. The devil tried to convince Jesus to rely on earthly things to save him. Jesus refused by using this verse from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Countless times we are tempted by many things in our lives, especially relying on things other than God's word for our souls. But in reality, the only thing that can truly keep us alive is being in God's word every day as much as we can. Yeah, I like, I like your thoughts there. I think, you know, the, obviously the temptation you're talking about is the devil was trying to get Jesus to eat that, the bread, right? Yeah. And I always think that seems like a strange temptation, doesn't it? You know, why? Or a temptation means that uh, it's something that you want to do and it's something that's wrong to do, you know, and I, I always wonder why would it have been wrong for Jesus to turn that, that, those stones into bread? Do you want to kind of answer that a little bit? What do you think? Why, why would it have been wrong? You know, we, you know why it would have been, he wanted to do it because he was hungry. He'd been out there 40 days and 40 nights without eating, but why would it have been wrong for Jesus to turn those stones into bread? I think it's because it would be taking the, uh, focus off of the Lord and putting it on himself while he was fasting for the 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah, so, just, you know, you and I, we don't have the power to turn stones to bread, right? We, we, we don't have the ability to perform miracles. Uh, we rely on God for our daily bread. And yes, uh, that comes through many forms. Most of the time we have a job and we're able to buy food. And, and uh, uh, But God is the one who gives us those things, even through those means. Uh, and so when Jesus came to this earth, he was expected to live just like we live, right? You know, he was expected to to uh, uh, be a human just like we are humans. And so by doing that, he wouldn't have been relying on God for his daily bread. He would have been rather himself uh, per- providing his own daily bread, which would have been meant he wasn't living under the law like he was supposed to live, right? And so he says, uh, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So let me ask you this, extend the metaphor now. So how do we, how do we live on God, on the word of God? I mean, it's not a physical thing, but you want to kind of explain that a little bit more? So we would be living spiritually. Our soul's life would be uh, given food through God's word. So we'd be feeding that and strengthening it. Yeah, I think one time Jesus said, I am the bread of life, right? So uh, when when we consume Jesus, who is the word of God, when we consume his word, uh, when we eat his word, to, for the metaphor there, the bread of life, we are being nourished. Um, but contrast that, what happens if we don't eat that bread of life? Uh, spiritually, we would die, and um, thus we would be given eternal damnation in hell. Yeah, so I think you know, there's a good encouragement there to make sure we keep 
staying in God's word. And, you know, maybe you can think of some ways. What are some ways that we can encourage our listeners here to stay in God's word? What are some ways they can apply that in their own lives? Um, following through with the reading the Bible in a year, uh, reading through each of those verses every day, and then uh, doing nightly devotions with family or just by yourself, um, praying as often as you can, and uh, attending as many church services as available. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are all good, good, great ideas. Any other thoughts on that section there, Austin? Or no, not really. Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, good devotional thoughts and important for us to remember to stay in God's word. And you know, God's word is powerful in that it it condemns us through the law, right? It shows us our sin, but it also shows us our Savior Jesus and His great love for us. And you know, when it says there, every word that comes from the mouth of God, like you read. Um, you know, it's a reminder that Jesus is the word. So every word that came from his mouth was God's word too. And so, you know, as we read Jesus' word, we read God's word. And that's why he is the word. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank and bless you for your word, through which you reveal to us your son, Jesus Christ, and your great love for us through his work, his life, his death on the cross, his resurrection. Bless us as we continue to grow in that word and encourage us uh, to continue to trust in you and you alone, not our earthly hands, not the works that we do, but trusting in you and your word uh, in all things. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Just want to highlight a couple of announcements for you today. Uh, our online midweek Bible class continues this evening, picking up in the Gospel of Mark. We're wrapping up that study, uh, so I hope you can join us for that. Uh, want to continue to encourage all of you to register for Vacation Bible School. It starts next week, July 18th. Special thank you to everyone who came and participated in, a, in the parades last week. We had a good turnout for both the 4th of July parade at St. Peter and also the Fun Days parade in North Mankato uh, last Saturday as well. So thanks to everyone who helped with that. Um, and again, last push here for VBS registration. Hope we can get as many kids as possible. Um, next Monday is our quarterly voters meeting. That's again uh, July 18th. That's at 7 p.m. We have a number of different uh, issues. We'll be discussing uh, the continued choir policy discussion. Um, we have a final draft, I believe, of the mission vision values that uh, you can take a look at. Um, we'll be discussing uh, the financial situation of the church, which uh, we are apparently a little bit behind right now, according to the council meeting we just had last night. Um, and then also some updates on some of the work being done at the on the outside of our building here, and potentially even the, the roof, I guess, has been looked at for hail damage as well. Um, we also are going to need help this weekend moving all the stuff back into the classrooms and getting the classrooms prepared for Vacation Bible School, so hopefully everybody can uh, help out after church with that. And then just want to highlight, coming up a month from today, on August 13th, we'll be doing adop our Adopt the Highway again, so hope you can join us for that. That's Saturday at 9 a.m. On our prayer list this week, uh, we continue to pray for Hillary Leon's sister, Carrie Dale, who is dealing with that terminal cancer diagnosis, and pray the Lord would, would give her strength and comfort through this time. We keep Wilton Landon in our prayers, who's dealing with TB and COVID, and also his mother, Val, uh, who this past uh, uh, Sunday fell down and broke her hip, uh, had to have surgery done. Uh, so we pray the Lord would give her strength and recovery through that. We also pray for Richard Leake, who was hospitalized this last weekend uh, after a fainting spell. And finally, we pray for Kathy Grieve Wagner, um, whose father passed away this last week. We pray that the Lord would comfort Kathy and her family. As far as our convention recap, I am joined today by Mr. Kevin Schrader, Mr. Jay Hannell. Uh, these two men served on floor committee number one, which, as Kevin just reminded us, means they're the best committee, or the first committee? Both. Oh, both. Okay. Um, so floor committee number one is uh, the president's report 
and uh, the Board of Education and Publication. So the president's report is basically uh, uh, a report that comes out at convention. It's not in the prospectus, but he gives a report at convention that kind of just details the work he's been doing, the state of the Senate, his opinions on maybe a few things that are coming up uh, in the convention that he wants to make known. Um, our president is uh, Pastor Michael Eichsted. He's a pastor in uh, the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. Uh, and so he did present that report. He was reelected as uh, our synod president. Um, so uh, we thank God for the work that, that he's been doing through President Eichsted and thank his continued uh, work at our, in our synod level. The Board of Education and Publication is one of the five boards, uh, the synodical boards of our synod. So there's those five boards again are the Board of Ed and Pub, the Board of Doctrine, the Board of Trustees, which basically deals with the, the money stuff. There's the Board of Regents, which deals with Emmanuel Lutheran College. And there's also the Board of, um, now I'm blanking. Missions. Missions, Board of Missions, yeah, I can't forget those. The Board of Missions, yeah, so, uh, um, and they do the mission work here on the state side, and also they have uh, foreign missions as well. So you guys are the Board of Education and Publication. Um, that's kind of a split thing, and that was kind of a big topic for you guys um, in connection with this year's convention as well. So just really quickly, your uh, assignments that were given to you in the prospectus were uh, to overview of the president's report. Uh, you were also reviewing the Board of Education publication uh, report. Um, you also had a memorial that you had to deal with uh, to create a new Board of Education. So again, this Board of Education and Publication is one unit. There was a memorial submitted by uh, some individuals from the, the Board of Missions who said, we think we should separate these and have a Board of Ed and a Board of Publications. Um, and then you also dealt with the report um, from the, the recruiter to the public ministry uh, who was uh, assigned at last convention last year. So you guys kind of mentioned before this Board of Ed and this new Board of Ed idea was kind of your biggest thing you guys wrestled with as a group. You want to kind of start with the discussion on that? So we were tasked with are we should we form a new board of education or have a committee established underneath board of education publication to work with forming new christian day schools throughout our synod and in the in the end we came up with leaving the board of education publication as it is and forming a subcommittee underneath them who will actually report to your dad, mm -hmm. who is the chairman of the Board of Education publication. Yeah, probably should have been clear about and, that. And uh, <laughs> is actually the committee, the subcommittee will be appointed by our president. Okay, so President Ike said going to appoint whoever this committee is. Yes. Yeah, so maybe a little background to um, this last year at convention, there was a big push to try to start uh, schools, especially at, at churches that were being uh, supported by our synod. So we have a number, about probably about two of those um, churches that receive synod subsidies. So they can't afford to pay their pastor completely themselves. Um, and so they get money from our synod to help support their, their church. There's a couple of them that wanted to open a school. And so uh, they this ended up going to the Board of Missions saying, we want you to help these churches that can't pay for the pastor to also pay for us a, a, a oftentimes a school building and a, a teacher as well um, so we want to we want to be able to do that look into that do more with that and the board of missions basically said we don't think this is a good idea we can't 
we don't have enough manpower to do this. We don't have any money to do it either. Um, and so they came back and said, why don't you form a board of ed instead? Um, that can, this can be their focus. And now it's not just mission, these mission churches that we can help support maybe, but also um, churches that are paying their own pastor, but maybe can't quite get to the point of affording a teacher too. And so that was kind of the idea behind this board of ed push. But like, as you say, they ended up deciding, let's just have a subcommittee and uh, uh, have them go from there. So did they get any money for this uh, group? Uh, nothing out of the general budget for next year. The, the budget for the Board of Education and Publication has remained the same. Um, but one promising outcome was a fund was created to support their efforts, the efforts of this new committee in founding and supporting uh, Christian day schools throughout our synod. Uh, I think we called it the Christian Education Fund. No, we already had a CEF. It got renamed to something else. <laughs> I'm, I'm not up on the acronym. Yeah, I don't know what um, it is either. But they played around with that to make sure it wasn't too confusing. Um, yeah, so no, no increase to the budget, but a fund exists, and if you are so moved to... Yeah, I'm sure more information will come out with that later once yeah. the proceedings come out and the final... Uh, work of the convention is, is distributed to the Synod, but uh, yeah, it seems like it's an exciting opportunity for churches that, you know, that are want to open a school but can't quite get there by themselves to look for support from the Synod level and to get support in those things. What yeah. else did you guys, uh, what else was on your docket there that you guys worked on? Uh, the other uh, main thing that we actually spent a decent amount of time talking about was the Catechism Survey Subcommittee Report where they talked about pending changes to the catechism. Um, we didn't, I don't know, we, we talked about it a lot in the floor committee. Uh, so far what's happened is, I think it was the Board of Education and Publication set up a subcommittee to investigate potential changes to the, to the catechism, to update it, to um, update the translation, to update the formatting, provide some more room for note-taking, potentially implement a teacher's edition, um, and a few other things like that. Uh, so the subcommittee came back with a report. The Board of Education has since responded to that report. Um, and our floor committee talked about a lot of the things that they had discussed, but ultimately we kind of just said, yep, we agree with the conversation <laughs> yeah. that's ongoing. Yeah. Um, we trust that you guys will keep doing go it. on and carry it. Yeah. Um, we didn't think to inject a, a third committee's opinions in the back and forth between the two. We didn't see anything concerning. We didn't see anything that we need a major course correction on, so we just said, keep going. looks like you're doing good work. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so the Sido Catechism, I think, came out in like 99 or something like that. Um, so that's been 23 years, something like that. So, And there's a number of things in there that I think could be worded better or could be communicated more clearly. And I think that we have a, there's an errata list, you know, of all the things, uh, mis there's mistakes in there too. So something that could be redone. Uh, be excited to see where that goes. And I think we're certainly capable of Improvement, always. Yeah. yeah, and it should be known, too, that we are not changing any of the doctrine within the catechism, yeah. just updating the wording. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That should be crystal clear. The doc doctrinal content will be exactly the same. Uh, it's just a, a few things that maybe uh, could be clearer or could be communicated uh, better. So, yeah. There's a, the stickiest issue, and I think it's kind of a fun one for, I don't know if the CLC is going to chew on it as a whole, um, but one of the suggestions was to just list references. So then if different pastors want to use a particular translation, they're able to. And so the committee was, we chatted about that for 
a good while about. Oh yeah. But ultimately, we're like, how how can we, as you know, in our meeting, <laughs> yeah, somehow pick like a definitive translation for the CLC? That, that's kind of an interesting issue yeah. as far as you know. How do we move forward? Because since the New King James, there hasn't really been a one singular agreed upon translation. There've been a lot of good translations which we can rejoice for, but yeah, you know, yeah. In different situations pastors might prefer different ones, and that's tricky, kind of yeah. from a synodical level. Yeah, yeah. I even had, you know, I've had situations where I've been working one on one with a student in the catechism, and I will use a translation that isn't as literal, but is easier to understand. If a, you know, I had one one girl who had a learning disability, and so that's what we did: is we used something that was we used a translation that was more easily understandable for her rather than more literal. I normally prefer a more literal translation, uh, more word for word, um, but if you use a more of a paraphrase, you can get a, a easier to understand message too, but maybe not quite as uh, detailed and doctrinally as other translations. So that's always a wrestle when you're dealing with translations too. Yeah. Uh, anything else you guys uh, worked with there? Anything from the president's report that stood out? Or a lot of times it's mostly I think a lot of what we have covered is what we spent the focus of our time on. Otherwise, it's a lot of thanking every committee and volunteer members for their time and commitment over, well, this year it was just the one year. Right. Mm-hmm. But Normally two years. but Normally two, yeah. yes. Yeah. The, the one thing we wanted to make sure we emphasized in our thanking, uh, in the big list of thanks that we kind of issue as a, as a floor committee, uh, Pastor Sam Rodabaugh is his role as the uh, recruiter for the SEM. Yeah, he was uh, his role in that was particularly effective, and we uh, wish blessings on his continuance in that role. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that I came out of, and this is had to do with the Regents report, but uh, um, I think we have something like thirteen students in the in the education program at Emmanuel next year. So it'll be thirteen teachers if they all go through, but there'd be 13 teachers uh, coming out in the next four years for our, and so when you think about this Board of Education, this money that's going to go into that, boy, it looks like the manpower is going to be there. Definitely still need work on the pasture end of things. I think there's maybe two SEM students, maybe four college students next year, so um, we need more pastors. Austin's still in the room with us here, so Austin, uh, (laughs) thanks for being the, the future of the CLZ pastors, but no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I commend him and his work, and we all need to continue to pray. The Lord would send send workers into the harvest, and we need we need pastors, or else uh, we're going to be in a bad way synodically in a pretty short time. So we'll see how the see how the Lord plays that out. But uh, we know the Lord will continue to bless us as we continue to abide in His Word. Austin gave the devotion for today on uh, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And you know I see that at work among us all the time so all right thank you gentlemen appreciate your time and blessings on the rest of your summer thank Thank you i am joined today by mr ben hannell ben hannell was served on committee number seven at 2022 convention this year Uh, committee number seven is elections uh sometimes the elections committee is considered the uh the lightest committee maybe uh, of all the the seven there but uh, you had a you had one of the most amount of assignments, according to page five in the prospectus. Uh, these assignments were elections, obviously. Uh, that's the name of your committee. Uh, but then additional voting, uh, completing the election and the assignment report, uh, deciding on the dates for the next convention, and then 
uh, giving thanks to all those who served at convention. So maybe we'll start just with that election idea. This year, election uh, election process went quite a bit smoother than a number of other ones I've been to in the past. Um, I'll credit that completely to Ben being there this year. Uh, but uh, you want to talk about kind of how that election process worked, Ben? Well, yeah, it was definitely because I was there. <laughs> uh, no, I. Uh, this is my first convention, so as to whether it was smoother or not, I guess I don't know, but... It, it was, was It was smoother. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely it, yeah. was smooth. I guess the only thing I have to compare it to is our own um, uh, virtual elections we did here during voters' meetings during the uh, pandemic, and mm -hmm. I would say this definitely, considering the amount of people that were involved, went very, very smooth. Yeah. yeah. My first convention was in 2016, and we were still doing paper ballots at that point, and so that's... What would happen is everyone would have a little piece of paper, just like we do at voters' meetings here, and we'd all write down the name we want, and then they'd they would all run around and collect all the ballots, and then we'd do something else while they counted the ballots, and then we'd figure out if there was an election or not, and if there was elected, uh, if it was not elected, we'd have to vote again. You know, so it was, it was this long, drawn-out process. Um, but this year, uh, you guys came out with electronic voting. You want to talk about just kind of how it worked for everybody with their phones and everything? Yeah. So at first, um, I, I think. Uh, I can't exactly remember what the precise number was, but I think the maximum time for voting when we first started the first day, the practice run was like seven minutes. And every okay. time after that, it got shorter and shorter until about the second into the third day. Um, it was under a minute in a lot of cases. Oh, really? Wow. So it just it really went, uh, really started going fast. Um, if the people didn't have a phone to use, or, uh, or whatever, they, they could check out a Chromebook. There was always a device available if they didn't have either one of those. You simply had to pull up the email on your phone and you can pull up the, the uh, voting app and they, all they had to do is enter a personal identification number. It didn't matter what device they're on. So yeah. people could share phones, share Chromebooks. It went very fast that yeah. way. Yeah, that was awesome. So thank you for all your work on that. It was definitely the smoothest you know, we got out at noon on, on Sunday, and we're scheduled to go till 3, so I would credit that three hours probably to elections going so smoothly. So that, that worked out pretty well. Um, talked a little bit about uh, uh, you guys did a survey as far as when the next convention would be. So in the past, boy, I don't know, the first 30 conventions of the CLC or so, it was a Monday through Friday deal. Um, so it was five days long, Monday through Friday. The last, boy, I think three or four conventions or something like that. Um, we've switched it to Thursday through Sunday, so it kind of has become more of a weekend thing. Um, do you want to talk about the survey that you guys sent out to pastors and teachers and delegates um, as to the results of those surveys and whether people like it, and then maybe also uh, if you have any information on, on attendance, because the kind of the goal with that is, you know, if it's over the weekend, it'd be more open to regular lay delegates to be able to take two days off work rather than a whole week off of work. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, the discussion first came about in our, our personal meetings because we had a couple pastors in our group, and uh, they had some strong opinions about uh, the the current schedule mm -hmm. and um, having to miss out on Sunday service and such. And then there was some um, there was discussion about, well, our purpose is to get uh, lay delegates involved and such, and then and then teachers. And so we did the survey for ourselves just to see what we would do as a committee because we couldn't really have a unanimous uh, decision there. Yeah. And then uh, 
we kind of decided, well, hey, let's let's send this out to the entire convention and at least when we come with a recommendation about what we should do for convention dates, we'll have something that it's based off of, some type of knowledge. And if they send it back to us and want us to come up with something else, it gets voted down, that's fine. But at least we have this information here. And, and so that's why we did the survey and it um, worked out pretty well. Yeah. Well, awesome. So what did you end up with for dates for 2024? Uh, we'll be doing um, the uh, over the weekend again. The Thursday through Thursday yeah. through Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think overall your results of that survey were pretty clear that, that uh, people, whether pastors or teachers or lay delegates, they all preferred this weekend. Is that, yeah. that was the results. One comment that came up was uh, they said, well, three, two to three years isn't enough data to, to base this decision on. And, oh. um, and I think they're probably right, but it is something that we can look at as it's, the trend is, is that more lay delegates are attending because it's yeah. weekends. So let's continue that, see how it works out. If, if it goes down in the future, we'll revisit that. But Yeah, um, yep, absolutely. And I think we ended up with 74 lay delegates this year, uh, something like that. This is the number that I remember hearing. And uh, so, you know, I think the average over the last four conventions where we've been doing this weekend is about 10 to 12 more delegates than it was uh, in the in the pre- years just previous to where it was the whole whole week. So... Yeah, I think this weekend thing is working out. Obviously, I understand the the thought of the pastors, too, is it's hard to be away from your pulpit. And I know there's some churches that just don't have church that weekend. Or um, obviously, we have a lay service here at Emmanuel. But uh, um, it's uh, important work that needs to be done at convention, too. And if we can get more delegates there, well, all the better, too. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I don't know, Ben, anything else really that came up that you think is be important to mention here to our listeners? Oh, well, I can say that uh, from a personal standpoint, I'm really glad I got put on elections. Uh, you know, you said at the beginning that it's one of the lighter mm-hmm. loads. Being this is my first time at convention, um, I was more about uh, just taking it all in, trying to understand what's happening. So uh, not having to go in and deal with some of the very heavy issues right at right away was definitely a help yeah and um elections was also good for my first time because i had to go around and figure out who all the appointments were for the various uh um, offices and publications and such and i just don't know a lot of people outside of the manual in the clc so this gave me an opportunity to uh to meet a lot of different people oh good it's very helpful I got to revisit with uh, um, some some other people like uh, Pastor Wayne Eichstead. I hadn't talked to in a while. Sure. Pastor Nolting both. I got to talk with them. Uh, so it was nice visiting with them as well. Oh, good. Good. So overall positive experience. You'd encourage people to, to attend if they're able to or to be serve as a lay delegate if they're able to? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely went in with, a, I guess, a, probably a more negative presupposition on what it was going to be. But uh, I was pleasantly surprised. And um, I felt a lot more encouraged being there, being a called servant, having a bigger voice in the church as a whole, uh, not just here, but in the CLC overall. And so it was, it was a rewarding experience. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Ben. That's what, that's warms my heart because I think sometimes it can be overwhelming and there's a lot of strange faces, but it's good that, that 
you know, you felt welcomed and then, you know, you're part of this, the CLC family, which we all are, you know, because we are, we are a family in many ways. So very cool. All right, Ben, thanks for your time today and uh, blessings on your summer. All right. Thank you for having me. Our hymn of the day today is hymn 760 in the worship supplement, a familiar hymn. It's titled, O Love, How Deep. O love, how deep, how broad, how high, beyond all thought and fantasy, that God, the Son of God, should take our mortal form for mortal's sake. He sent no angel to our race of higher or of lower place, but wore the robe of human frame, and to this world himself he came. For us baptized, for us he bore his holy fast and hungered sore, for us temptation sharp he knew, and for the tempter overthrew. For us by wickedness betrayed, for us in crown of thorns arrayed, he bore the shameful cross and death, for us he gave his dying breath. For us he rose from death again, for us he went on high to reign, for us he sent his spirit here to guide, to strengthen, and to cheer. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.